Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I wanted to thank you for joining us for this documentary entitled RFID, Man's Greatest Invention or Mark of the Beast. And what you're about to see is that this is not a science fiction scenario of the future. Rather, what you're about to see is a present-day reality with today's technology that I truly believe is preparing the way for the Mark of the Beast. Take a look for yourself. There is a sensor revolution underway that will soon change the way we interact with the physical world. Sensors are becoming dramatically smaller, vastly cheaper, and can be wirelessly connected, which means they will be scattered throughout the environment or on any object. What we're trying to do is show that there are a lot of small uh, entrepreneurial efforts in the country that could make an enormous contribution to the war on terror. Let me give you an example. These are a pair of glasses so that if you were a customer coming to a counter at the airlines and you had a preferred card, they could pass that card through. The person wearing this would get a message back within five seconds that you were who you say you are on that card. There's a visual identification. Would you kindly tell me what you're doing in the road? I'm with the help desk. You're lost. You're headed to Fresno. Fresno, right. This is the road to Albuquerque. How'd you know we were lost? The boxes told me. The boxes? RFID radio tags on the cargo. This system, unlike the barcode where you have the same number on every can of Coke, this system would actually create unique individual numbers for every single item manufactured on the planet. Um, that has some pretty serious implications for consumer privacy. Law enforcement could leverage smart license plates to identify stolen cars more quickly and find drivers instantly for traffic violations. Users can also check the status of their car, location, speed, and other performance factors through instant messaging applications or SMS phones. These features are particularly useful to rental agencies or parents of teenage children who are using the car. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now, we're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple, we want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object anywhere automatically, to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. Cats and dogs are way ahead of us in the game of chips. For years, a computer chip has been available to help identify Fluffy or Fido if they're lost and found. Now it's our turn. Okay, okay. that's it. So how did it go? It's a piece of cake. But, uh, there's virtually no pain. And Nate can't wait to be chipped. I'm ready. And you, I know you're ready. Now, as you can see, according to that video, this tracking device called RFID is not only apparently designed to be put on the outside of things, but as you just saw, apparently the goal seems to include put it on the inside of things, even people. And by the way, did you notice the reaction of those people there? They were excited about receiving an implant into their bodies. And that's not just wild. That's exactly what the Bible warned us about nearly 2,000 years ago. About a specific device, a marking device, that one day would appear on the scene 
to not only control all the people, all of the planet, it was going to monitor them as well. And it's all going to be led by a guy the Bible calls the Antichrist. It's what the Bible calls the mark of the Antichrist or the mark of the beast. Let's take a look at that text in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 through 17. Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 17 says this, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal womb had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of these signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. And he ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast, the Antichrist, who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And he was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. But not only that, listen to this, he also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. Why? So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast, the Antichrist, or the number of his name. So here we see in the Bible, it clearly says that in the last days, just prior to the return of Jesus Christ, that a false prophet would arise and deceive the whole world into not just worshiping the Antichrist, but to receive some sort of mark into their bodies, specifically in the right hand or the forehead, as a sign of their devotion to the Antichrist. And it would be this mark that would have the ability to literally control whether or not somebody could buy or sell something. Now here's the point, believe it or not folks, this marking technology that the Bible talked about nearly 2,000 years ago is already here. It's called RFID. And so that's the question that I want to propose in this documentary. What is RFID? Is it really man's greatest invention as its inventors and proponents would have you and I believe? Or is it really the precursor to the actual mark of the beast? So let's begin to uh, journey to answer that question and let's start off by taking a look at what this technology can actually do. Let's take a look. First of all, let's take a look at the definition of RFID tags. RFID, of course, stands for Radio Frequency Identification. And it's a new technology that uses tiny microchips on or in things called RFID tags. And they're used to store information about things as well as track them from a distance. And it's able to do this because it uses radio waves to communicate this information over distances to a computing device. And since RFID tags uses radio waves to beam its information, it also means that just like a radio wave, it can do so right through wood or windows or walls, wallets, purses, clothing, backpacks, just about anything. And uh, the way that it does that is just like radio waves, they have an antenna. Uh, to broadcast, uh, so does an RFID tag. These antenna are made up of tiny flat metallic uh, coil that looks kind of like a, a miniature maze or a tiny racetrack. And it's through these antennas that the RFID tags either beam their information uh, or to have it received by a device called a reader. And let's take a look at the readers of RFID tags. Now, a reader or scanner is simply a device that scans or picks up the information off the RFID tag. 
Uh, they can be likened to a radio in your home or car that picks up radio waves from a music station, enabling you to listen to the broadcast and uh, music that's being played. In the case of RFID, uh, this reader also receives broadcasted radio waves, but not from a music station, but from the broadcasted information stored on the RFID tag. This information can include such things as the location of a person or item, specifics of an item uh, such as its price or color or date of purchase, even environmental conditions like temperature or even on a person, bodily functions, just to name a few. And it's after receiving this information from the RFID tag that the reader then sends it on to a computer for processing. In fact, these readers come, as you can see, in a wide variety of sizes. Uh, some can be mounted stationary besides a conveyor belt in a factory, or used in dock doors of a warehouse, or even made portable as in a handheld device. So now let's take a look at the different types of RFID tags. Just as RFID readers come in different sizes and serve different functions, so do RFID tags. Some tags are what's called an active tag, meaning that it has its own battery source that gives it the active power, if you will, to beam its information to a reader over long distances. But other tags are what's called passive, meaning they don't have a battery inside of them and are hence passive in that they require energy from the reader to share its information. And it's these active or passive differences in these tags that determine what's called the read range or the distance the tag can send its information. For instance, the read range of a passive tag one without a battery, can be anywhere from only a few inches to 20 to 30 feet or more. However, an active tag, one with a battery, can send a signal up to a mile or more and listen, in some cases they can even transmit their information all the way to low orbiting satellites. So wouldn't that come in handy if you had all people and uh, all things on the planet uh, microchip with these RFID tags, uh, then you could be monitored anywhere on the planet uh, by satellites. But they wouldn't do that, would they? Unfortunately, they will. But let's continue. Now let's take a look at the sizes of RFID tags. Believe it or not, one of the most amazing attributes of RFID tags are not just the storing of information, but their tiny size. Uh, for instance, what you're taking a look at is one of the smallest tags made by Hitachi called the Moo Chip. It's only half the size of a single grain of sand. Now what you're looking at in that picture uh, is not a piece of dirt, uh, a piece of dust on that uh, person's finger. That is the actual size of that chip. Okay. In fact, let's take a look at the video clip showing just how small and just how fast they can produce these uh, tiny little monitoring devices called RFID. Let's take a look. Welcome to Alien Technology, Center for the Development and Exploitation of Fluidic Self-Assembly. In here are thousands of 350 micron in a side nanoblocks. These nanoblocks are the approximate size of the nanoblocks that we're designing for RFID application. What you're looking at here is serial number one of the world's first fluidic self-assembly machine. This machine has the ability to assemble two million nanoblocks per hour. This 55,000 square foot facility, when fully facilitized, which will only take another two or three years, will be capable of producing 80 billion RFID per year.
We've worked very closely with our partners, like UPM RAFSEC, to figure out exactly what we could really do. And at about 10 billion tags per year, that's sufficient volume to be able to drive the cost of the tag down to about a nickel. Today, transponders are produced at a rate of thousands or tens of thousands per hour. We need to move to a level where we're producing or capable of producing millions and millions per hour. We're investing large amounts of money right now to develop the processes and the technologies which will enable us to meet the requirements of the Auto ID vision and the vision of the consumer products companies. It will take a little time. Wow, that's a pretty ambitious goal as you can see. Uh, in fact, I think uh, alien technology is a very appropriate title. But as you can see, uh, these tags are not only tiny, but they can be uh, mass-produced uh, and on a huge scale. But that's not all. Because of the tiny size of RFID tags, they can not only be placed on the outside of an object, but even on the inside, completely out of sight, uh, totally hard to detect. In fact, RFID tags are generally maintenance-free. They last almost indefinitely. Uh, they're resistant to harsh conditions like dirt, dust, moisture. Uh, they're able to withstand corrosive chemicals such as acid. They can even survive temperatures of 400 degrees Fahrenheit or more. So now let's take a look at the uses. Uh, it's with these unique abilities to store and or receive information and beam it over distances that companies are literally planning on placing RFID tags on all products worldwide to provide an instant and continuous monitoring of product location, tracking their inventory and management of the entire, listen, the entire global consumer supply chain. For proof, let's take a look now at this video showing how these companies, they admit themselves, the incredible monitoring power of RFID tags. The time factor plays a key role in the process of getting a product from its manufacturer to its point of sale because time is money. RFID, radio frequency identification, is a new technology that significantly increases the efficiency of this process chain. With RFID, data are transferred without physical contact. In addition, RFID helps positively identify shipping units. In an instant, valuable information is recorded and utilized on an international scale. This example demonstrates how it functions in practice. The process chain begins with production and continues by way of a central warehouse onto the retailer. In the manufacturer's warehouse, goods are prepared for distribution to retailers. Without RFID, order picking of mixed pallets for delivery to department stores or supermarkets can be extremely time-consuming. Why? Because it requires a whole series of individual steps, most of them manual. In future, processes that now have to be carried out by hand will function automatically based on RFID. The key is the RFID transponder, which can be affixed to boxes and pallets as early as the production stage. Communication between transponders and RFID readers is fully automatic. They practically do the work by themselves. Readers installed at various points in the sorting and order picking process 
register the electronic product codes stored on the transponders the moment they come into range. The fully automated reader registers the relevant information as goods enter the gate. The data are transferred directly to the merchandise management system. A single reader is capable of registering up to 40 RFID transponders in one second. This can mean time savings of 10 minutes for each truck, a major plus in cost effectiveness, because the merchandise reaches its destination much faster, and both manpower and means of transport are utilized more efficiently. In the warehouse, forklifts and high shelves will be equipped with RFID technology, which will automatically indicate to the operator the storage position of each product. When the employee sorts the goods into the correct place, confirmation is given via touchscreen monitor. If he or she selects the wrong place for the product, an error is indicated. This way, RFID helps ensure that the goods are always in the right places, and taking inventory is as simple as pushing a button. RFID tags indicate where each product belongs. This enables the hanger goods sorter, for example, to transport the merchandise to its intended destination. The faster the goods leave the warehouse, the more efficient the process. RFID allows trade and industry companies to track goods, the path they take and their location at any given time throughout the supply chain from anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world is right, folks. As audacious as that sounds, they really are going to use this technology to track the global supply chain. But that's not all. Believe it or not, folks, using RFID tags to track the entire supply chain around the world is just the tip of the iceberg. With this unique ability to store and or receive information uh, that can be beamed over distances, RFID tags can and are already being used for hundreds, if not thousands, of applications such as preventing theft of automobiles, collecting tolls without stopping, managing traffic, gaining entrance into buildings, automated parking, controlling access to gated communities, corporate campuses and airports, dispensing goods, providing ski lift access, tracking library books, buying hamburgers, even automated instant store checkouts replacing the need for a cashier, just to name a few. Which, if you think about it, that means you can use this to buy and sell. But let's continue on. Now take a look at the differences of RFID tags. It's obvious to anyone that these amazing global tracking abilities of RFID tags make them drastically different uh, than today's barcodes. Yet this is exactly what many in the industry are saying to try to qualm our fears, uh, you and I, the public. They continually say that RFID tags are merely a souped up version, if you will, of the barcode system and therefore there's nothing to worry about. But folks, anyone who does their homework can see that RFID tags differ greatly from today's uh, barcodes. First of all, the codes stored on RFID tags are long enough, listen to this, that every RFID tag has its own unique serial number, while the current barcodes are limited to a single code for all. For instance, with today's uh, barcodes, every can of Coke has the same barcode number as every other can of Coke. Therefore, a can of Coke in Sacramento has the same uh, number as the can of Coke in Saudi Arabia. 
But with RFID, each individual can of Coke would have its own unique ID number, which could then be linked to the person buying it. That's the problem. And it links them when they use a credit uh, card or a debit card or a frequent shopper card. And not only that, because of its tracking ability, this individual ID number on the individual product that's now tied to the individual person buying it can now be tracked as it moves uh, uh, with the person from location to location. Secondly, unlike the barcode, as we saw before, these RFID tags can not only be embedded and hidden in things, but they have no need for line of sight, like a barcode, to read the information. RFID tags can be read not only from a distance, but right through your clothes, right through your wallet, etc. In fact, folks, it's already being done today. We'll see that in a little bit. In fact, the uh, whole areas can be scanned for RFID tags, including the people who are wearing or carrying them. Keep in mind, this can all be done without your knowledge, let alone your consent. And it can be done uh, by anybody with the right kind of reader device, giving them a kind of x-ray vision to spy on you by the things you're wearing and carrying, uh, as we shall see, uh, to track you wherever you go. So as you can see, that's not at all like today's barcodes, okay? But you might be thinking, well, they, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't use RFID tags to, to track us, would they? Well, folks, don't listen to me. Listen to what they say themselves in this next video clip. Let's take a look. Lost, stolen, or misplaced equipment and inventory is an expensive problem for many organizations today. Accenture Technology Labs developed the Perceptive Monitoring Prototype to show how a number of sensing technologies can work together to make facilities themselves smart and enable businesses to better track valuable assets. Many companies today are exploring how radio frequency identification or RFID tags can be used to improve a variety of business functions. We believe as sensors and tags become cheaper, silent commerce applications will evolve to employ many types of sensors in addition to RFID. Just as humans use sight and hearing together to understand the environment around them. Accenture developed a perceptive monitoring prototype to show how an integrated set of sensors can be used to achieve an accurate and intelligent tracking system. Accenture designed perceptive monitoring to track assets at one of their R&D labs. Say someone needs to use a particular piece of technology for a workshop. Perceptive monitoring records who is taking the item by reading the information encoded on his employee badge. Sensors located on the cabinet record exactly what item is being removed and when. A camera and face recognition software also record the event. This is particularly useful since employees don't always wear their identification badges. A microphone notes any conversations taking place during the item's removal. The prototype captures all this information and summarizes it in an easy-to-use report. When someone needs to locate a piece of equipment, perceptive monitoring indicates that it was borrowed earlier today. If the borrower was not wearing an identification badge, the image allows you to see who removed the item from the cabinet. Imagine the benefits perceptive monitoring could bring to a hospital environment where equipment is borrowed and moved around continuously. Face recognition software could help to determine if hospital employees are following proper procedures. Similar advantages could be realized in plant and warehouse facilities to track the location of costly, specialized assets and how often they're being used. 
High-end retailers could track the location of expensive inventory and ensure proper procedures are followed when items are removed from their cases. Accenture's perceptive monitoring prototype demonstrates how companies can make significant savings by using multiple sensing technologies to better manage inventory, locate lost items, or even eliminate the need to replace them. This prototype is part of Accenture's vision of the future, in which virtual and real worlds cooperate, allowing people to optimize physical assets as never before. At Accenture, we call this Reality Online. Reality Online? Folks, that's called being tracked online. But let's continue. Uh, as you can see, these companies really are planning on using RFID not just to track products, but people as well. And remember, because RFID tags are so tiny. Now, recall the picture of the mood chip that was on the guy's finger. You could hardly even see that. But listen to this, folks. They're so tiny, they can be hidden and sewn into the seams of clothes, sandwiched between layers of cardboard, molded into plastic or rubber, and even integrated into the actual consumer packaging, making it extremely hard to find. In fact, this technology is evolving so fast uh, and has become so sophisticated that right now, folks, RFID tags can even be printed. Meaning, listen to this, that even the dot on a printed letter I could be used to track you. I mean, imagine that, just on the back of a package, here you have the ingredients, maybe telling you what the nutritional or lack thereof value is on this product. Uh, the dot, not the letter I, the dot on the letter I could actually be the RFID tag tracking you, and you would have no idea. But let's continue. This means, of course, soon it could very well be nearly impossible to know whether or not a product or package contains an RFID tag, and thus whether or not you're actually being tracked. You would have no idea but it's already uh, being done. It's hidden completely in sight. But now let's take a look at the history of RFID tags. Uh, even though RFID tags are uh, still relatively new, been out for quite a little while now, but most people, uh, it's a new technology to them. But its roots can stem as far back as World War II and the development of radar. And from there, it was during the 50s and 60s that lots of experiments were begun to be done with RFID. And, but the explosion of this application didn't begin until the 70s and 80s. And it was here that RFID technology found its way into electronic ID systems, factory automation systems, animal tracking systems, uh, just to name a few. And it was only until the 90s that RFID techs truly began to take off with their usage in electronic toll collections, such as the Easy Pass, where vehicles equipped with an RFID tags could pass through a toll collection at highway speeds, unimpeded by a toll plaza or barriers, and have the fee off automatically deducted from their account. Now once again notice that TAG has the ability to make a financial transaction, i.e. to buy and sell. Keep that in mind as we continue. Uh, then as you, uh, we can see RFID, it began uh, to become even more popular when the auto industry began to use it in car keys to control engine starting or vehicle access. Uh, then various financial institutions picked up on RFID and embedded it into uh, credit cards and debit cards and other things to automate the purchase of gas or other items. And today, what's helping fuel this mad dash usage of RFID 
in all things, all over the globe, is not only the plan usage from some of the, the biggest retailers and industries around the world, but specifically the mandates of those retailers. You got people like Walmart, you got the Department of Defense in the U.S. requiring their suppliers to have RFID tags on all their shipments. And since there are hundreds of suppliers come from all over the world, these mandates for RFID are having a global effect. And speaking of global effects, RFID technology has grown so much, so fast, that there's an actual organization called EPC Global that really is determining the international standards for the use of RFID in the identification of any and every item in the entire supply chain, anywhere, anytime in the whole world. And not so surprisingly, the board of EPC Global includes representatives from Gillette, Procter & Gamble, Walmart, Hewlett-Packard, Johnson & Johnson, uh, Checkpoint Systems, Auto ID Labs, just to name a few, i.e. it's from the corporations. Okay, And as we shall see, these and many other huge corporations and government agencies are actually envisioning a day when every single item, every single product, listen, every single person on the face of the planet is going to be tracked with RFID. But you might be thinking, come on, they're not, they're not serious about tracking anything and everyone, including people around the globe, are they? Well, folks, don't listen to me. Uh, listen to them for yourself in this next video. It's very, very exciting to take something that was apparently impossible and make it possible. What I find extremely exciting about this is that it's a revolution which comes very silently. Our goal is to connect computers to the real physical world, to the mechanical world. The fundamental capability of having your, your machines sense the world around them opens the door on a whole new world of possibility. The end game of the Auto ID Center is to have one common set of standards that are based on end-user needs that can be applied ubiquitously around the world. The key contribution of the MIT Auto ID Center is the realization that everything can be labeled with tolerably small amounts of data on the label. It's the beginning of a new journey, a journey to understand what comes next after the barcode. The electronic product code is a numbering system. It's kind of like an internet uh, protocol IP address on your computer, except that here we're trying to number not just computers, but inanimate objects. Somebody like P&G and Unilever sell products in Asia, in Europe, in America, South America. So for them, it's really important that there is one single system that they can use everywhere in the world. For me, I'm excited because we might be fundamentally changing the way in which not only manufacturing today operates, but we might, we might actually be redefining the entire manufacturing supply chain full stop. It's like suddenly something new is possible in the world, and that's very, very exciting. As is bringing together all these diverse companies and having them work together as a team. As a world market leader for Silicon Solution RFID, Philips would like to be part of creating a new market for billions of chips in the retail supply chain. There aren't many technologies that have the opportunity to revolutionize the way you do business. This is one of them. Basically, what we are working on is in developing RFID applications. In particular, this is a smart shelf, which primarily is used for real-time inventory and out-of-stock prediction. And at the same time, it also predicts when somebody is trying to steal something from the shelf. Each one of these packets have a unique tag on them. So I'm going to take three products off the shelf.
and if I actually see the theft alert, what you're seeing is actually it is taking a picture of me as I'm stealing the blades of the shelf. The system is watching me. We are very excited about the potential that this technology is going to have for us as we look over this deployment. This technology is no longer in the discussion stage or the far out stage. This is something that will be happening and will be happening in the relatively near future. This is not a question of if, this is a question of when. This will replace the barcode. There's no doubt in our mind, auto ID will become a reality and probably faster than what anyone really believes. So we are absolutely committed to getting involved with the auto ID lab and the process and the technology now. Automatic identification for business is very powerful. It is a sense more powerful than sight. Um, real time, all the time, always on, always accurate. It's a big dream to think that there will be an RFID reader on every shelf of the, of the universe or this world to start with. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple. We want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object anywhere automatically to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. This is not a small thing. This is as significant a technology as certainly the internet, possibly the invention of the computer itself. So folks, when you look at the facts, I think it's pretty obvious. It, it really does appear that this new technology called RFID really does have the ability to not only monitor and control all the products all over the world, but it has the ability to monitor and control all the people who buy those products all over the world. And folks, again, as you just saw, this is not some crazy, uh, whacked out conspiracy theory. Uh, you just saw for yourself, this is exactly what these corporations are planning on doing right now. You heard it for yourself. Which brings us to the second concern that I have with RFID and its technology. And that is, what will these corporations do with this technology? But we'll get to that in the next video. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy 
God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind, he knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. 
And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.